life is full of pain but what's your alternative oh it's a mess but I'll find something cleaner Please point me kindly in the direction of something else And will it be in the end nothing but you and me Ceasing to pretend that we aren't suffering And we'll maybe see that we can make the best of it And watermelons and lemonade are really nice That's a song about watermelons and lemonade and existential suffering. Good guitar. Stay. Uh, hey everybody, welcome to another episode. So, um, we're talking about suffering and like uh, limitation and pain, more or less. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, here we go, how's that, all right. So, um, it seems like, uh, well, you know, the Buddha said like, first noble truth, Tru truth, first noble truth, right, it, um, is life is suffering. So life is suffering, um, which can sound very negative, but it's actually, the beginning of true positivity to realize normal life is suffering um but it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way like um once you you don't have to be buddhist but like that's one angle which i think is a legitimate technology of transformation buddhism if you do it properly um but there's many other ways up the mountain but basically it's saying you need to become conscious that you're normally in a state of suffering and that that's your normal life. Um, and as much as people complain and stuff, a lot of, you know, a lot of pe even people who would com be complaining, I guess there's some people who would go, yeah, that's true for sure. But there's a lot of people I think who you go, well, that sounds kind of negative. I don't know about that idea, but yeah, you have to acknowledge it. And then that's how you can move forward into realizing that there is a way to get out of suffering. And um, the Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama, some fella, human being, you know, um, who people, you know, made a religion out of, but he was, the Buddha means the awakened one, the one who's awake, um, you know, uh, basically said, yeah, he called enlightenment the end of suffering. So basically, they're like, yeah, okay, but that's what it isn't. It isn't suffering. But what is it? He's like, well, f find out. I'm not telling you that. Focus on, you know getting there um there's like some parable like you know if you've been shot with a poisoned arrow instead of being like okay i want to know what kind of wood it's made of you know what religion was the man who made the arrow and you know how far away was the arrow fired from to all these like little uh, you know understanding everything like, no the first thing is just get the arrow out right that's the so get through get um away from suffering or transcend suffering so anyway um, the, but the idea is life, you know, 
is suffering um, to varying extents. You know, in your, you say, oh, my bad moods, you're like, yeah, definitely suffering. But then even like a lot of quote unquote normal life is actually suffering. Like, you know, mild, almost all of us, I think you're in like, you like spend a lot of the time in at least a mild state of dis unsatisfactoriness or not completely satisfied on edge, not fully. Like how often are you fully at peace? Like I wouldn't change a thing about this moment, including and or I wouldn't want to get away from this moment. I'm not waiting for some future moment. Like, okay. I'm, when's this going to be over already? You know, um, when you actually like this moment's perfect and I'm, I want to be here until it's over. Um, cause that's peace and you know, most of us aren't there most of the time. So, so suffering, um, is a fact, um, and like limitation, things aren't perfect. Like, oh, we're out, we don't have complete freedom. We don't have complete power. Um, and, uh, yeah, like obstacles litter the way in life. And so, but I think most people, well, I don't know about most, yeah, I think most people, but in general, it seems like in the zeitgeist, there's this idea that like, okay, suffering, bad, like pain, bad, pleasure, good. Um, but I think it's more complex than that. And, um, a really, you get to have a much more satisfying life when you don't see things that way, when you're like, can kind of appreciate that they're two sides of the same coin. Um, and that, you know, they, they each have a role to play because then when you're suffering, you know, it'll be bad, but you can kind of start to appreciate it when you're not suffering too bad. You can go, oh yeah, but this is kind of necessary. It's part of the no sweet without sour sort of thing um, or whatever. There's various things we're going to talk about today um, where my, from my point of view of how suffering actually is useful and important and we want it to a certain extent. And then once you have that point of view, I find myself like, and logically it seems to make sense, I think. Let me know if you disagree, please let me know. That'd be cool. Um, that it it makes it less intense and less lengthy. Like um, suffering, is, yeah, you don't get as deep into suffering and you don't get there as often once you start to appreciate suffering as like a kind of fucked up friend <laughs> who comes knocking every now and then and uh, kind of blows your mind a bit, but um, is actually a friend, helpful. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So suffering... Uh, life suffering, the Buddha and, you know, in general, the way out of suffering seems to be, whether it's Eckhart Tolle, Tolle, uh, Tolle, uh, I'm going to stop pronouncing his name three ways from now on. Um, uh, the variously pronounced gentleman, Eckhart, um, uh, the power, author of The Power of Now and um, A New Earth. Um, and then, you know, all the legitimate spiritual teachers who aren't just trying to sell you golden tickets to their, uh, you know, cold or whatever. Um, they basically say, um, like, you know, be here now, Ramdas or whatever. Um, just go with the flow. And it's the same thing as Epictetus, the Roman philosopher, was saying ages ago. Um, uh, Marcus Aurelius with, you know, meditations. Um, accept what you can. So here's a good way to put it. The serenity prayer that people use in Alcoholics Anonymous. May I have the courage to accept what may I have the courage to, to control um oh my god here we go may I have the courage to change what I can the serenity to accept what I can't 
and the wisdom to know the difference. So may I have the courage to change what I can, the serenity to accept what I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference. So there's two paths, and you need to know which one you're on at any given point. Left or right? Well, okay, um, I'm in traffic. Can I control traffic? No. Okay, so serenity is required. Acceptance, tranquility. Just don't resist it. Just act as if that's what you want. Eh, perfect, great. Okay. And then, oh, there's a lane that just opened up on the left. Turn, take it, you know? Um, courage, you, that wouldn't require much courage, right? But courage might be like having a conversation with a loved one where you know it might go badly. You might get misinterpreted or maybe you might, in the moment, emotions might um, get triggered and you might lose your ability to articulate your position properly you might be like, oh, what if I mess it up? And, you know, like, what if we, you know, oh, I'm just not going to talk about it. That would be an example of failing to have courage to change something you could. So communication, you know, like having the courage to just ask questions and express yourself. Um, you know, oh, I can ask for a pay rise. Or, oh, I can go um, put myself out and, you know, uh, apply for new jobs, whatever, you know, things where you could, you're going into the unknown. You could face failure, rejection, um, humiliation, or just change, just the familiar, your familiar structures changing in life. So you have to, dealing with novelty, new things. So it requires courage. Um, and so you're just knowing which of those is uh, required in any given moment. That's where wisdom comes in, right? So which is, I guess, the fundamental virtue, it seems to me consciousness basically being another word for that um so or awareness so yeah there we go that's kind of the way out of suffering it seems and in any given there's other things involved like you know kind of not getting outside of time like just living in the here and now the power of now be here now a lot of people talk about the now right and more or less it seems like the future and past um as well as imagination like kind of just hypothetical time or whatever, um, that that's all actually not real. It's all in your head. It's just you're running simulations in your mind, virtual reality simulations, which evolution has gifted us because it allows us to avoid problems and to take opportunities. Um, but that it's not, you know, you're kind of in la-la land, you know. It's useful within reason, but, but that that's where we spend a lot of our time. We have holidays in the now and spend most of our lives in our heads, in time, like thinking about the future and the past and, or hypothetical time. Um, and yet it's not actually real. It's in your, it's in your mind. You're running simulations, you know? Um, so, whereas it seems like to really go with the, f and then a lot of thinking is, um, problem solving, right? Um, that's what evolution has given us thinking for largely avoid, avoid the tigers, find the mushrooms or whatever, you know? Um, problem solving or how to make, you know, how to sustain our order, our systems of structure and, um, social cohesion within the tribe or whatever, and, um, and how to grow and develop. Um, so, uh, th that's what thinking is doing. And we're spending, um, most of our time in our minds. Um, so we're kind of seeing life as a problem to solve. And so 
but it seems like there's a bit of an itch built into that intentionally, I suppose, to motivate us to solve the problem. But um, once you're, you get, you know, you're no longer some simple, you know, kind of um, hominid, just like you know, uh, building shelters or whatever and kind of living moment to moment, but you've got all the information of the internet and, you know, all the awareness that we have as privileged members of um, this advanced, materially advanced civilization, not too spiritually advanced, I guess, at this point, but some, a minority quite spiritually advanced, I suppose. But like, um, you know, we, we, we're aware of so much um, and those primal mechanisms of itchy problem solving with all that information in our minds, like it's kind of, I think we're under a lot more pressure than anyone's been under before, at least, you know, in um, recorded history that we're aware of. Um, so it seems like the way is, okay, get out, you know, go with the flow. Like we said before, you know, change what you can change, control what you can control. Don't try to control what you can't, you know, just go with the flow. Um, cause what's the point? You can't control it. Are you insane? Why would you try to control that? You know, um, you just save your energy for th for you'll have more energy for controlling the things you do. You can control instead of like wasting your energy, like, Oh, I'm in traffic, blah, blah, blah. And then an opportunity comes up and you're too drained or you're too negative in a negative um, frame of mind to take advantage of the opportunity. So being wise with your energy and your willpower. Um, so it seems like um, there are other aspects to it. That's the core of it, it seems, but there are other aspects of getting out of suffering um, which kind of radiate off of that, which are hitched onto that. So it's like kind of necessary as a means to an end for getting to that core point, for example, time. So enter the now, you know, um, get outside of, you know, oh, I'm thinking about the past. Oh, I'm thinking about the future. Like, oh, I'm really guilty or like, you know, angry about or whatever. Oh, I'm ruminating on the past or I'm really, you know, anxious and like, oh, you know, or I'm really kind of like um, jealous or like maybe not, or jealous could be either way, I guess, but, or like um, greedy or something, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, you're thinking about the future and something you could get from it. And so, oh, I'm being drawn in by these primal mechanisms into thinking about time, but actually life is now. Have you ever lived a moment, as Eckhart Tolle says, uh, have you ever lived a moment that wasn't now? You know, like all your past, it was now when it happened. You lived it now. Um, your future, whenever all these future moments, which are going to happen, they will be now. And so if you kind of really pay attention, um, we don't really have any evidence that time is real, like that we can travel through time, for example. Maybe we can. Maybe it's both. Like, you know, we, we live our lives in the now and we, by focusing on that and acting as if time's an illusion, then it'll, you know, will liberate us from suffering because we get outside of our mind and the problem-solving frame of mind and we can just appreciate what's here. Um, it may also, it may be true that, that that's just all there is and there's just this one infinite space within um, within which things are transforming, this emptiness, and then there's all these objects changing places and, and there's just one moment, there's no time. Um, it just looks like there's time. Um, or uh, like, you know, on a stage, there's all the actors moving around, but there's only one stage. Right, it's not like there've been fifty different stages put there. Stage now, put on the next stage for the next second. You know, no, it's just one stage. So it's possible that that's the case, and then, or it could be that you know, in some way, it's both. And there's time. Now, that's not quite the point today, given we're talking about suffering. But 
that's just to say, you know, there are things which are worth thinking about in on the road of getting out of suffering, but, or, you know, being positive, the place for positive thinking, like, you know, in general, like it kind of is a switch you can flick, flick the switch, just be positive. And it's a great thing to experiment. Just, just be positive. Just flick the switch. Say, I am positive now. You might think, no, I can't do that. Really? Investigate that. Are you sure? How do you know? Maybe we're kind of addicted to the negativity. Maybe that's part of evolution as well. The itch, we want to solve problems. But maybe actually you can just, eh, just sidestep the whole thing and just, here I am. And just, you know, turn on positivity. Be like, as an experiment, that's really fun. Just go, anytime, um, especially to, um, to when you're feeling good, devote yourself to, okay, next time I'm feeling really bad, I'm going to try and tune into this feeling I'm having now. Try to get back to it. Let's play a little game. See if I can do it. The next time you're feeling really bad, go, okay, I'm going to try to tune back into that happy feeling. Um, and you can try as a game, go, I'm just going to totally change my emotional state because that with just by my willpower. Boom. Do it. See if, how we go, you know? Um, but then sometimes you need to, there's a time for positivity, but then sometimes you have to admit, I actually know my life is falling apart or I'm not the person I want to be or I'm flawed and I'm making all these mistakes and I need to change myself or people around me are flawed and, you know, um, I need to communicate with them or maybe I need to end a relationship with them and say, you know, say, oh, you're not uplifting me. Um, you know, we can't be, I don't want to be friends anymore or whatever it is. You know, there's a place for negativity because it can send us signals. Um, but so they're two time, positive mindset. They're two, just two examples of things which aren't quite as deep into the core of how to get past suffering. Um, although perhaps that's just from my point of view. I don't mean I'm not past suffering constantly. So um, I don't know, but this is, I'm, I'm, Given that I'm not enlightened, I must be missing things. So, you know, take this with a, you know, a salt mine um, or at least a grain of salt. But, uh, but this is, I think it's worth sharing, right? Because um, I've suffered in my time. We, were, we all suffer, right? But um, I have, I guess, been obsessively thinking about it for a long period of time and reading books. So I think I've got something to share about it. Um, so, and yeah, and like I used to um, be like quite, you know, I had periods of pretty intense depression and anxiety um, where, you know, even like, you know, feeling really uncomfortable around even like friends, you know, and then that brings on shame because you feel like, oh my God, you know, what am I doing? I'm meant to be trusting them, but I'm like pulling away into a little shell and they're like interacting with a fake self. So there's all these negative emotions which come on board with it. Um, and that's all very heavy. So whoever's suffering, if you're listening, then, you know, I, um, you know, it is felt and to the extent that I can, you know, I feel your pain, you know, I can't really feel it, but I have felt my own pain and I wouldn't wish it on any of you. So I'm sure you wouldn't wish your pain on any of anyone else unless you're vindictive, hopefully, hopefully not. Um, I think if we wish pain on others, then we end up wishing it upon ourselves, not just because we are each other in the deeper sense, but also because the part of your brain, um, which, you know, um, is, uh, is attack, which attacks others, whether through just, you know, feeling negative to them or whether actually planning real attacks on them or, you know, arguments or fighting or whatever, the part of your brain, which is at war with others, 
um, that's not that's different to the part of your brain which is at war with yourself. But they're part of you know, if you zoom out just one step, they are part of the uh, the part of the brain which is at war with things. And so, by empowering the part of your brain which is at war with others, you are empowering the, the general part of the brain which is at war with things in general, and that's going to affect you. Um, so that's karma, instant karma, where um, if you become a hateful person against others, all that negativity and poison is going to come back to you, and it, like immediately, basically, you're going to be pushing yourself further away from peace and love, um, which are real things and not just like funny little ideas for stupid people. Um, but yeah, like there are real things you can experience in the moment, and that's why we're here, I think. Um, anyway, so suffering. Um, I've mentioned kind of the fact that suffering is a thing; uh, it exists. Um, and then, basically, how to get out of it? Um, from you know, in a nutshell, or one way to get out of it, um, I'd say suffering basically it comes from resisting the moment right um you're not fully accepting the present moment um and so there, and there are you know there's physical things you can have physical pain um and you can have problems things that go wrong whatever but if you real if you think about it, you might say i've got this terrible situation i've all these family members are sick or you know there's the world's really terrible and really stressful and there's a lot of pressure or you know um i've got some physical problems which are really you know i can't they really mess with my mind and i can't you know, think clearly because like, it's just, you know, I'm, um, I've got arthritis or something, you know, and it, fair enough, you know, um, that can be very challenging. But my point of view would be that at the end of the day, it's always down to your mind because there are other people who would be able to be in the exact same situation, but they would be able to accept it and be at peace. So if they can do that with the same external situation and internal situation, like, you know, um, then what, and there are many ca examples of this. We know people have been very, very sick and yet they've been like enlightened sages. They've been completely at peace with it, you know, or maybe not fully off, full on enlightened or something, but um, meaning completely transcended suffering and in a state of constant peace, which is very unusual for humans, but it does exist. There's a small minority um, who are in that state at the moment. Um, uh there are people who are kind of somewhere in the middle, you know, like very wise people who aren't, you know, totally beyond it, but they are um, kind of on that path or on a spectrum there. Um, but uh, those people in, in, you know, there are many cases where they were you know, had very terrible physical problems or life, crazy life problems. Um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, you know, saying like, you know, he's in the gulag in the Soviet Union, but he's, or Viktor E. Frankl, and saying kind of, I think they both, um, who was in, you know, concentration camp, the J Jewish guy who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, and then um, Solzhenitsyn wrote the Gulag Archipelago. Um, and uh, I believe they both, like, found a state of pr profound peace, even though they're in these terrible situations, because they had realized, kind of hit, come, been pushed, suffering pushed them so deep that they struck rock bottom, they, and the core, which they found was their own mind, and that they can never take away your freedom to um, see life in the way you want to see it, your willpower, your consciousness, um, and that that's actually an internal affair over which no foreign demon has any power. Um, the only power they have is if you give it to them by accident or intentionally um, or willfully, blindly. 
So, for example, someone's putting you in a cage. Um, you have it's actually Epictetus would say, um, Stoic philosopher, that it's not the situation which causes you suffering, which makes you suffer. It's your attitude to the situation which makes you suffer. It's your res- your mental response which makes you suffer, because you say I shouldn't be here. I'm a good person. This is wrong. That person's bad. It's wrong. That makes you suffer. But you you would have the potential to say, well, I'm in a cage, but as a spiritual exercise, we're floating in space. I can't control this. You know, just I'm just going to go with the flow and act as if I want this and see what happens. And then, oh, wow, what do you know? Acting as if I want it, um, I'm much calmer. I found peace. And then I can gather my thoughts and think clearly and maybe I can have a good conversation with the guard and maybe I can make some progress. Or maybe I just accept it for a while and I just meditate and put my mind to good use while I'm here and journey, travel within and just think about life and compose poetry in my head or sing songs in my head instead of, you know, railing against the injustice of the inevitable. Um, so not to say we should all have empathy and compassion for those who are suffering because um, even if we can get beyond it and transcend it, and so, and also in a sense it is an illusion um, because it's actually... Um, the one who suffers is not actually your soul. That would be your mind or your ego. It's us when we believe we are our, our thoughts, the character, the human character we play, which is very important. We need an, you know, an ego to function. It's totally normal. But eventually the butterfly can transcend, can graduate from caterpillar school. And um, you know, uh, so you can get to the state where you're a soul and you're like, I'm, I'm Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm playing Jack, this is really fun, but I'm not Jack, I'm Leo. Um, in the same way, Leonardo DiCaprio can have an enlightenment experience to go, oh, I'm actually the universe, I'm not even Leo. And so can you. Um, and from that point of view, you, you go, oh, I'm not actually suffering. I only suffer when I think I am the character. When I realize that I'm the actor, and, I've, then, um, and that you know, I just accept the situations as they come, and then, oh, there's no more suffering. So both because suffering is avoidable and because ultimately it's an illusion, we might think like, oh, who cares if you're suffering? You know, like that's your fault and it's an illusion anyway. It doesn't matter. But nonetheless, when you're in that state, it doesn't feel like an illusion. And so just like a nightmare, um, that's not real, but it's a real experience. You are actually experiencing an illusion. So it's a real experience of an illusion, right? And who knows, maybe it's like actually real just in some other dimension, like astral plane or whatever, with different laws of physics. Who knows? Um, lucid dreamers talk about this and out-of-body experiences. But, um, but nonetheless, like, uh, just like a nightmare is really terrifying, you're experiencing genuine terror. The fact that it's not ultimately real doesn't really matter. You are experiencing those emotions. Um, and we have beautiful experiences in a dream, like looking in someone's eyes and it's just pure love and beauty. Or um, that's a real experience of beauty and contentment, you know. And so suffering, even if ultimately we can't, the good news is we can transcend it and, and even we've already transcended it technically because ultimately we're actually um, dreaming basically when we're suffering. It's not actually real ultimately. Um, if you say take certain plant medicines or you know lysergic acid diethylamide or something um or if you just have you know meditate very deeply and or you just have a very deep experience with a loved one you're looking at a sunset and you just 
got this moment of stillness and you're just really calm you will and then you turn your mind toward your problems i think you will realize like that there never was a problem you know like uh you go oh what what is i so worried about and you think about those situations yeah huh from my point of view if when you get to really deep peace it's not like oh thank god um that um negative situation is behind me um i'm glad i'm not there anymore usually what when you get to really deep peace and deep consciousness or high clear consciousness it's like oh funny if i was in that moment right now i wouldn't mind that would be okay i could even enjoy that moment um and so and that's the thing like i think the key to suffering why we think when we think it's really inevitable it's cuz we're so far we 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 would think that our happy self would would ne- want nothing to do with it but i think the realization that our happy self would be totally happy in that moment that can be a, a secret weapon go wait a minute so right now my happy self could be happy with this moment so what's stopping me from doing that the answer is nothing well or your own consciousness just kind of solving the puzzle of understanding who am i not your th- not your mind there's a clue spoiler alert um and um being able to not let your emotions the emotions give us thoughts they're like feeding us lines you know like speech rider so you need you need to not trust your emotions and not trust your mind you need to trust peace and that can be very strange because it feels like you're not trusting yourself but actually there's a, a fake self inside you there's a parasite pretending to be you and so it's a process of learning not to identify with this parasite i'm calling it a parasite but you could call it a helper it's it got us through evolution it was very useful but at this point there's a lot of people who are suffering very intensely and so it it is accurate from one point of view to label it as like um kind of a parasite and a, a problem um and it's not your true self it's like your assistant who's gone awol and is tra- pretending to be ceo you know that's the ego and it's kind of like your negative emotions it's your mind but often it gets supercharged by negative emotions um and that you know so um take a step back so we were saying uh that i needed a glass of water oh that's right yeah so yeah so suffering ultimately is an illusion this is my point of view right and it seems to make sense i mean in general i try to preface things with like i don't really know i'm and i think when you admit that that's when you really get in touch with the source of knowledge keep the gates open to fresh insight and corrections so look i don't really know but based upon what i have come to understand and what i've read from people and what makes sense to me in my experiences and i'm reassured by the like here's i'm open minded to the possibility that i'm closed minded and that's a good sign right that's reassuring it's like okay the fact that i'm willing to say yeah i don't really know that actually makes me more confident that i do know that's a little paradox you have to learn to dance with but anyway um so from my point of view suffering is an illusion ultimately um and we can transcend it so it's actually our it's not life's fault it's actually our own fault if you want to blame anyone why we're haven't transcended suffering and yet at the same time the opposite is true suffering is not an illusion 
we really do suffer. It is very uncomfortable and we need to tr give people um, respect, compassion, empathy and assistance with transcending their suffering. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to sit on the mountain and let people suffer. It's like, that's like the Bodhisattva thing. It's like open-heartedness saying, even if my brothers and sisters are in a dream suffering, I would like them not to be in that dream because they don't realize they're in a dream. So that in a way, they're actually literally suffering. It's a paradox, you know? Um, most deep things seem to be paradoxes. Is the answer yes or no? It's both. You know, usually anything deep. For example, um, do I surrender to life or do I kind of conquer life and assert my will over life? Actually, I think it's both. I think you need to surrender. You know, things you can't control, just accept it. But then also... There are these things that you can control and you need to assert your willpower or you can and you should because it's going to uplift you and all other beings with love and happiness um, and protect the planet. Ultimately, you know, that's one bonus, you know, have a healthier, healthier humans means um, a healthier planet, you know. So there's various reasons why nihilism doesn't really make sense. And yeah, on some level, it's kind of whatever happens is fine. But on another level, it's like, no, we should try to overcome um, suffering ourselves and we should help other beings do it too. Um, and there are various reasons which make it at least 51% a good idea to do that. I think it's actually much higher, but still. So there's that, right? We should respect people who are suffering. even And even if you think it's outrageous and stupid, like little a little child has lost their toy, um, someone else is playing with their toy, you think that's so stupid, you shouldn't be suffering, I don't care about you. You can reflect, great question, you know, in what ways do I do the same thing? Yeah. Mm. Well, sometimes I disagree with people and they can't see my point of view and it's very frustrating. That's not so different, actually. I'm trying to control something that's out of my control um, and which ultimately doesn't really matter too much, right? What's hinging on that? Do I need them? The truth needs no defense. It is the truth. You know, them being confused isn't going to change the truth. The truth's fine. So, okay. And so then... You can maybe look at the child and go, okay, look, I, you don't need to be suffering, but you are suffering. And I will give you, you know, love and um, kindness and support. And hopefully others will do that for us when we are having our own tantrums. Um, and then, so there's that about suffering being kind of ultimately not real, but in a, a sense, paradoxically, it is real. Um, and of course, to begin down this road, you need to admit that it's real first but then you need to think about things from multiple perspectives. Am I a bunch of organs or am I a bunch of cells or am I a bunch of subatomic particles or uh, am I Jamie or am I um, part of, uh, am, am I Ireland slash Australia? Am I the humans? Am I Gaia? Am I the universe? Which one? Maybe I'm all of them, you know, maybe um, the relevant um, category to use depends on the moment and the situation. We need to be fluid, you know, and kind of dance around like very limber, you know, enthusiastic frogs, you know. So, um, so then the other point about uh, suffering, like, oh, it's your fault, which can be very heavy. But it is true, I think. And yet, again, both sides, it's important to understand and admit, acknowledge both sides. And then in, given, in each given moment, you need to know which side should you lean into more. So sometimes maybe you're just 
hanging out, smoking weed, doing nothing to improve your life and you're suffering, you're not happy, you're not working on your goals or something, um, then, or whatever it is, you're drinking too much or you're just, you know, maybe you're not doing any, taking any drugs or whatever, but you're just living your life, but you're not really happy and you might be resentful of life, you know, or people or whatever. Um, maybe the, the thought, oh, I am responsible for all of this could be healing and go set you in, into balance and set you into action to get, get you moving. Go to the gym. Are you exercising 20 minutes a day? Are you getting yourself to the point where you're extremely uncomfortable? Like, oh my God, why am I running? Are you doing that every day? No. Okay. So before you start blaming life on all, for all your problems, why don't you start doing that little thing? Or, um, you know, reading, doing little things, one little thing every day which gives you joy, but which, you know, isn't hurting anyone else. Read a bit, you know, or listen to some good music or learn an instrument or whatever, or take a pottery class. Um, so, and help other people, you know, um, which is a great way to get out of suffering is helping others, you know. Um, suffering, unfortunately, is quite narcissistic. When we are really suffering, um, naturally, due to evolution, right, we start to focus on ourselves more because um, we need to protect ourselves more. And then, you know, so things are getting intense. Instead of caring about all the planet, we just start to care about humans, like COVID, right? Oh, yeah, throwing all these masks into the ocean. Like, yeah, well, at least we're safe or whatever. Or like, you know, um, are we going to kill a million sheep because they might catch the virus? It's like, oh, yeah, save three people, kill a million sheep. Okay, very brave of you. Um, or even more, like, oh, then it's something else is more, even more intense. We might go, instead of caring about all of humanity even, we just care about our country. Or instead of caring about our country, we just care about our family. Or instead of caring about our family, we just care about ourselves. Um, you know, so when the more suffering comes in, the more of a threat it is to become narcissistic and selfish. But ironically, and kind of tragically, or comically, <laughs> I don't know, um, there's a shortcut out of it, which is you start thinking about others more. You're like, okay, I'm going to think about others once I fix my own problems and get myself out of suffering. Well, if you want to do that, start thinking about others is actually a pretty good way. You go, okay, I'm having a bad time. Well, hmm, interesting. Given that apparently uh, my mind is at the crime scene of every problem, maybe... I need a, maybe my thinking, as Einstein said, you can't, something like this, paraphrasing, you can't solve a problem with the same level of consciousness which created the problem. Or that you can't solve a problem with the same kind of thinking which created the problem. So maybe you go, okay, let's try something out of left field, out, think outside the box. I'm not going to try to fix my problem. I'm just going to leave it there. What problem do you have, Larry? Oh, you wouldn't want to hear about it. No, yeah, tell me what's going on. He tells you his problem. And then you Try and help him, talk to him, or do something practical for him. Um, it seems like personal experience, and then from what people say, it, it seems like that's actually one of the, the fastest ways to improving your, raising your happiness, do things for others. Um, but yeah, so, so that's another thing, right? We're talking about suffering being our fault, my fault, right? It, it, it can, it's very confronting, and people don't want to hear this, victim consciousness. No, it's not, I'm not, I'm the victim. How dare you say that, you know? But look, if you want to get better, like there, there's a time when it's important to say, hey, it's not your fault, right? But then there's a time when it's right and useful 
and the only healing thing to say, no, uh, it is your fault, dear. And, you know, you need to um, acknowledge that. And that might be very bitter and painful, but it's just like um, a fever which kills off some virus, you know. Like you need to go through that. It's going to be healing for you. Um, but then, yeah, then there's other times when it's like, you know, like, no, look, um, and it's true in a sense that, you know, it's not your fault. It's so much, so many things are out of our control. It's your genetics, you, uh, you know, not like, I think most health problems aren't genetic. Like that's kind of like overblown thing, money-making scheme for corporate medicine. Right. But, um, more or less, I don't know, shooting from the hip, pew, pew, but you know, something like that. Um, but, uh, there, um, there is something to be said for like, oh, you know, your genetics, like, um, say, uh, like I've, I've got an eye, eye condition or whatever, and that's genetic. Right. But, um, and the, it limits my ability in life. Like I, you know, can't drive or whatever. There's things like this or like whatever. I won't go into detail, but you know, like that's been a source of suffering for me. Right. Where like, um, things which get frustrating or annoying. Cause like, you know, people think you're ignoring them cause you can't see them, but they can see you 10 times sooner. So they think you're ignoring them or people are flirting with you and you don't realize, and then the opportunity has gone, you know, or, um, uh, you know, messing up at work because you can't see things or whatever. So that would be genetic. That's not totally in my control, but then my choice to respond to it, I always have that power to respond to it. And so that is in my control, but then you might say even, okay, what makes surely like genetics? Some people have, um, maybe there's some sort of genetic predisposition where some people are just more grouchy, you know? And so maybe some people are more likely to hold on to the negativity because of their genetics, you know, the way their brain works or whatever. Um, and even if that isn't the case, um, it's definitely the case that family and culture condition us in certain ways where some cultures are more like, oh, look, go with the flow, Buddhist influenced or something. Other cultures are more like, no, control, dominate, take control, you know, be a man. Um, and so if you're raised in a culture, which is really like, no, must control, don't let things just, you know, you know, you must be perfect or whatever, then, you know, your responses to, I've got some problem, like, and, um, whatever your problems are, you know, like, or whatever, you know, um, uh, we all have different problems, which we inherit from our circumstances. Right. Um, then seems like certain, a certain element of it isn't within our control. And it's kind of just like some people, well, I've been conditioned by my culture and my family and maybe my genetics to have um, certain problems and maybe even certain limitations on my ability to practice what I'm talking about here of like the path of wisdom of like, you know, bending with the wind, like the wise tree, you know, instead of snapping, you know, oh, I can't control it. Bend, let, go with the, go with the flow. And then I can control this. All right. You know, um, and you might even bring in past lives and say, you know, your conditioning from if past lives, you know, exist and if reincarnation is the mechanics of the universe, which, you know, I suspect, but I don't know. I'm, I'm no dog in the fight, you know, like I think it seems likely for various reasons. I won't get into right now, but um, uh, perhaps I mentioned it in episode seven, Awakening, I don't know. Um but, uh, but either way, you know, like um, if that is the case, then perhaps the experiences of us in the past or even of our ancestors, which gets passed on through epigenetic memory or morphogenetic fields, potentially, Rupert Sheldrake's work, um, uh, 
there are these influences from the past through our ancestors and you know um so you know it seems like history of addiction in families or histories of um you know violence or whatever or um all kinds of um issues which can come up um trauma and things um so there are these things which are pressing in upon us and so and some people would be like no look i have my free will it's my responsibility i'm not going to blame any of that and i think in, in general that's probably the right perspective to have more than half of the time but also i think sometimes you know you need to say look go give yourself a break and cuz some people would be like no no it's my fault it's my fault and then got this internalized pressure and so they're so uptight they can't make progress toward liberation from suffering because like no it's my fault i didn't you know um and so i think sometimes those people need to do the opposite and they have to go well actually it's not my fault and just sit with that say it's not my fault it's not my fault you know let robin williams you know like what's it uh what's that movie um matt damon what's it called again uh yeah, whatever you know it's like it's not your fault um yeah so i think that is very important and you know jiggle between the two you know you're trying to open the key oh, it's not working all right jiggle that way jiggle this way da, 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 da. you know you're stretching out before exercising stretch both sides you know what's the harm so it's good to think both ways both sides and then i think that kind of can bring us to a kind of three-dimensional picture you got two different perspectives over they kind of overlap and um give you a kind of yeah more a picture with deeper perspective shall we say um so um so that's kind of in more detail i guess like why suffering is here and then um how to get out of it from my point of view now i want to mention um what i kind of alluded to earlier which is the benefits of suffering and i think when we keep them in mind it helps us both to not take suffering as such a big deal and to so to transcend it um but also just make you know makes us happier and it's it's interesting anyway you know so for one thing <clears throat> um suffering makes us appreciate um the absence of suffering no sweet without sour um uh such is life to be um what's it uh what's the poem uh to be doomed is a blessing no sweet without sour such is life waiting for god's next plot twist then the worse it's been the better it is when um then the worse it is the bet the worse it's been the better it is all karma redeemable in final bliss when trauma is let out of the cage and becomes a white dove sailing away and we proud parents of transformation poem called happy tears can't remember the poet but apparently he's um uh yeah got terrible memory but um so yeah um suffering you know like if you drinking beer every day okay gets a bit old right and you probably need to drink more to get a kick out of it but then um you drink it you know you don't drink it oh i really feel like a beer don't drink it then the next day okay i do drink a beer today ah oh, it's even better than before right or absence makes the heart grow fonder you know you um you know 
like, oh, I haven't seen you in two weeks. Wow, it's so great to see you, you know? And naturally, that's part of the flow of life, you know? So it makes us appreciate things more. You're hungry. The food tastes better. Um, or, you know, or, I have, oh, I haven't watched the movie in ages. Let's watch a movie, All right? And then you start watching movies too much. You're like, okay, I was going to... Oh, let's read a book. I haven't read a book in ages, you know? So it keeps things interesting. Suffering is just part of the general pattern of polarity, um, yin and yang, black and white, whatever. And uh, yeah, so if we could just be, oh, blissed out all the time, unless that's because you've kind of, you're aware. I think it seems like you can be in that state where you're peaceful all the time and feeling bliss a lot of the time, maybe most of the time. Um, but, uh, that would be from an awareness of this polarity of suffering. Um, and basically you still suffer, but you just kind of don't resist suffering. Oh, it's raining. Okay, fine. You know, you don't kind of go oh, bow your head and get, you know, make it a problem. You're like, that's just the weather. It's raining. Oh, I'm something feeling some sadness. Wow. Okay. Someone died. That's really sad, you know, or someone's suffering. I know it's an illusion, but my heart is kind of overflowing with a feeling of affection and a wish to, for them to be well, you know, um, and a recognition that they are experiencing real suffering because that's the experience they're having. Um, so you can have, I think, from that blissed out perspective, it's like you have the, um, you can have a uh, experience of like, you know, more or less like complete positivity constantly, but it it can it would only be possible. It seems like that is only possible by integrating light and dark, suffering and peace, and understanding that each has their place, which is what we're talking about here. But um, in general, you know, like it, with that excluded, um, you don't like in the normal sense of the term. Like if you could just get rid of suffering, um, yeah, and like oh, I just want to be really excited all the time or really happy. I think it would get boring. And so I think um, it's a perfect drama, the way it's set up, that like we, you know, you get uh, bummed out and then you get excited again and it's, it's great. And you could even say not just that being unhappy, you know, makes happiness better, but happiness makes being unhappy better, maybe, you know, like um, it's more meaningful. Um, uh, if you were just unhappy all the time, then I guess it loses all its meaning. But when you're normally happy and then suddenly you experience unhappiness, it's kind of got a, me a more meaning to it. It's got that context of um, separation from home, of you know, and um, that kind of, you know, shivering in the wilderness vibes, you know. Um, so I think even from that, which I hadn't really thought of before, like probably goes vice versa. Um, but so let's see, suffering, like, uh, so suffering, apart from avoiding hedonic uh uh, adaption or tolerance or whatever where you get you know used to things and so it's kind of necessary it seems to for have to have happiness and we like happiness so it's the diversity it's the spi variety spice of life but also um suffering um you know like you can't get something for nothing right um we're born into the universe and we, and we especially anyone listening to this how do you have time to be listening to this you must have a pretty good life you're not like slaving in the salt mine somewhere, you know? So like, that's pretty good. Or you're not, I'm sure we all know people who have died. I don't think they're listening to this. So that's cool. We're still here. Um, 
So um, we, we're blessed with so many things. And it's a great exercise, again, for um, transcending suffering is gratitude. Being like, and they say, um, I mean, they say a lot, but they say uh, um, <laughs> that uh, abundance, um, gratitude is the foundation of all abundance or the source of all abundance foundation, I guess, like you need to appreciate what you have before you can attract more things. Cause, um, so it's just a, you know, you need to acknowledge the abundance, which is here already. If you're not acknowledging that, then you're cutting yourself off from that abundance, which is here. So how are you going to connect to the other abundance? You connect to this abundance and then, ah, you kind of move through it. You experience it. You feel it. Ah, start connecting to greater abundance. It's kind of a metaphor, but it seems to work that way where like, um, you, when you're happy, uh, when you're, you know, you're being grateful, like wake up in the morning, you're feeling bad. Okay. Force yourself to think of three things you're grateful for. I'm grateful. I'm not hung over and just feeling like every moment is torture and I just can't wait for this to be gone, but it's probably going to take hours and it's just, Oh my God, why am I so stupid? Why did I drink so much? Ugh. I'm not feeling that. Remember that? I remember, not good, not good. Ah, it's nice to be healthy. Very good. I'm grateful. I'm grateful um, for the time, the beautiful moments I've had with my friends. That's really good. I'm grateful um, I have the ability to think clearly and I'm not, um, say, um, in a coma or something or I'm not, um, you know, uh, you know, bless their hearts, whatever, but, like, I'm not... Um, don't have some sort of like a cognitive um, disability or something which would um, allow me to enjoy a certain level of experience but not the blessed heights of um, kind of awareness which are available if you really want to play the game of kind of trying to um, introduce yourself to the sky, you know. Um, and so like you can be grateful or simple things. I'm grateful... Um, and apparently things involving other people, what they've done for us is very good. Oh, I'm grateful my colleague um, allowed me to take that day off. That's really cool. Nice. Or I'm grateful um, my friend, um, grateful for my friend who, you know, bought me that drink or whatever. Oh, that was kind of, that was cool or whatever, or complimented me or, you know, whatever, made a joke when I was feeling down. You know, think of three things, could be small, you know, that apparently, you know, doing that daily. Um, yeah. Is very good for you, and then will attract more good things in life. You know, gratitude is the attitude. So, um, so suffering, uh, yeah, you know, like it balances out. You know, we have all these good things. So then, of course, um, uh, we're going to, we, you know, to get that. Like, I would take that deal, and I guess I did take that deal. Like, you can have all these amazing things. However. It won't always be nice. You will have, you know, some negative things too. We're like, okay, what's the alternative? Um, nothing. Well, all right. Sounds good. Let's do it. I choose, um, I choose option. I choose the only option. Well, technically you're not choosing. Don't tell me that. I'm a free being. Um, the option is choosing itself. Uh, so yeah. You know, now big thing, probably the, the most important thing, which and probably the most novel thing I could tell you, because um, I think 
uh, I don't know. I haven't heard someone say this before, but it seems to me like your your suffering is well. I've heard someone say it's a teacher, right? Eckhart Tolle says, you know, um, some people are spiritual teachers, you know, like uh, people who help them down the road of transcending suffering and becoming more wise and happy and peaceful and aware. But um, uh. And, you know, your dog could be your spiritual teacher in a way. It could help you kind of connect to just the positivity of life and just changing your state and being, you know, happy or or whatever, you know. But everyone shares one spiritual teacher, which is suffering. And that suffering teaches us and forces us to go deeper. The greatest artists are almost always people who have suffered very deeply. Um, and often great intellectuals, also people have suffered very deeply. Um, and so they have kind of gone like, I can't keep going, you know, like this. This is just so much pressure. And so they've got all this energy, which is an experience of pressure and, you know, discomfort. But then they um, they are forced to try to direct their willpower at some sort of tra- mode of transformation, changing the situation. And they're actually got a lot of energy to do that via the, the pressure. And so kind of like martial artists going with the movement of the opponent, instead of trying to resist them, go with them, but just modify their direction so that they roll over and you're on top of them now or whatever. Um, or you throw them or whatever, um, that you're kind of doing that with, um, the energy of suffering and pressure, which is put upon you and you go, I can't take it anymore. And you, um, and then maybe you start reading some books, some business executives just going crazy, starts reading the power of now and, you know, hides it from his friends. He's like, Oh, I don't want them to know what I'm up to. They're so embarrassing. They goes, Oh my God. I've been sleepwalking. Oh my God, that's crazy. And, you know, the suffering forced that person into that situation. It wouldn't have happened otherwise, um, you know, most likely. Uh, when this, yeah, that's suffering does this. Um, suffering goes, oh, oh my God, like, uh, or I'm sick, or I'm physically kind of suffering um, from something. Uh, I usually use suffering to mean kind of your mind is resisting a situation. So it's not just pain, but, um, but yeah, like you're sick and then that force can be the trigger to make you go, I need to take care of my health more or, um, you're lonely. You go, Oh, I need to see friends more. Um, so suffering is kind of, um, it's a messenger, right? Like emotions, um, anger, um, uh, fear, um, sadness, all these things, they have a purpose. They're um, a signal telling, giving you information. Oh, I really loved that person and now they're gone. Okay, um, that's why I'm sad. And that um, signal maybe is to go, okay, thank you, messenger. I got the signal. You can go now, by the way, or maybe have a cup of tea there. You can stay just, you know, a little bit. I'm just going to contemplate the message um, of like, mm, yeah, that person is gone. I really cared about that person and I still care, but okay. And you focus on that and then you go, all right, thank you, messenger. Hope you enjoyed the tea off your, off your trop, you know? Um, and so you get the message of like, okay, how much you loved them and um, that maybe that's over and you need to change or move on or whatever. Or it's anger. The message is someone is pushing you um, further than you should go and you need to do something about it. Um, so that message goes, okay, hmm, what can I do? What can I do? And you have to take some sort of response, you know? 
um, or maybe you can't control it and the, the action is inaction, just a conscious, intentional choice to just go with it. Um, but in general, it would be like some sort of action of, like, okay, I need to reassert a boundary here. Um, so that's a kind of, it's not a comfortable thing, anger, you know. You're more, you feel more power because it's like an active thing. You're pushing back. It's fight instead of flight or freeze. But um, nonetheless, it's still negative and it's uncomfortable um, and it drains you. Um, you can't be in that state too long. Otherwise, it's not healthy. It's like a temporary thing that's meant to happen to motivate you to action and then the, the emergency is gone and the emotion should be gone too. Um, same with all those negative emotions. Um, the sympathetic nervous system coming online, primal reptilian brain, when you should go back to the parasympathetic, the kind of calm, you know, mammalian, like ah, social connection, go with the flow, um, thinking more logically um, most of the time. So... Anger can send that message. Okay, I need to take action. Oh, my boss is exploiting me. I need to have a conversation or I need to just say no at a certain point or I need to whatever, do something or someone's doing something absolutely wrong and I need to go push them over and say, hey, leave my friends alone or whatever it is, you know? So that can be useful. Or same thing with fear. Oh, this is really scary. I need to get out of here. This is very dangerous. Or it's very scary um, and it makes you think, you know, okay, there's a threat and then you can decide what you should do. So suffering is communicating information there. It's useful. And if we were like, oh, I'll just take some pills and opioids and then so I don't notice anything, then you wouldn't be as effective in the world, you know? So suffering is required for that balance and that ability to engage with life. So that's on the surface level, right? Just basic, you know, emotions. But then on a deeper level, um, and this is something, like what I said there, I have heard people say before, this is something, you know, which I, I kind of thought of, out and felt like oh wow that kind of redeems all suffering in my, my opinion would be um realizing that like um in life sometimes we make mistakes we do things which are out of balance they're not the right thing to do for some reason it causes a problem right and so anytime you do something which wasn't the right thing to do it's out of balance you know it kind of tips your life out of balance, right? Um, you, were, you weren't kind enough, you're a bit too shirty with someone or you're a bit too lazy or you're a bit too hardworking or whatever it is. You're, you make some sort of choice which isn't really the best in that situation. Um, it, will, it will cause problems. It will cause a cascade, a snowball effect of problems and reactions to reactions. Um, and if you keep doing that, same pattern, you will um, just kind of strengthen that cascade. And eventually, the problems are going to get so significant that they're going to really make you very uncomfortable. And you're going to be forced to pay attention to them. And then, and you can ignore them, ignore them, but eventually, you know, suffering will go, you, you go, I can't bear it, and you have to pay attention to it. And then you, you will notice this breadcrumb trail leading you right back to the imbalance which created it. And you didn't know you were out of balance. That's why you did it wrong, you know, by definition. Like you are unconscious of the imbalance. And so the suffering has, is teaching you, oh, I, cause, I caused all this suffering. I don't want the suffering. And it was because of this thing. Oh, I see. I shouldn't do that thing. That was a mistake. Ah, I made a mistake. I understand now. I won't do it again. Or at least I'm going to try to not do it again. And it starts the process. So it's teaching you how to live in alignment with 
the flow of creation. Um, and this is happening in co countless different ways in, in different um, aspects of our lives. And if we didn't have that suffering, how the hell are we going to figure out how we're out of balance? It's this alarm clock which goes, or like, you know, the, the side of, um, like when it's time to wake up, or um, the side of the road that goes, when, um, I hope that wasn't too intense in the microphone, but um, uh, don't mean it, make you suffer in this podcast. Um, the side of the road which makes the noise when you start to go off it. It's like, oh, what a shame. There's this noise and this buzzing. It's kind of uncomfortable. It's like, but yeah, but that's how you know that you're ceasing, you're going out of balance, losing your alignment. Um, and, you know, it thre it's threatening. So this is a feedback loop which helps you um, live better and have a sustainably happy life and healthy. So, and so when you think about that, like all your problems, every single thing you can do wrong um, is going to create the negative karma, the conditions of suffering, um, which you, by applying your mind, will be able to, you know, like a detective, follow the trail of clues and find your way back to the source and then learn the lesson and then, you know, avoid that in future and be wiser and happier. Um, then suffering kind of ceases to be this enemy and this dark shadow that we have to flee or fight or just freeze in front of. And we can kind of understand that it's a friend, it's a teacher, um, it's an ally. Um, and, you know, in general, you know, see the best, what's it, um, ex expect the best from people and you get the best. Um, you know, like uh, in general, some people are you know, just going to try to, you know, pull the wool over your eyes and get exploit you, you know. But in general, most people, um, if you treat them well, um, and then if they start going over line, okay, you can push back, whatever, but you treat them well and with trust and you assume, you give them the benefit of the doubt, like that they're not going to be screwing you over, then um, they are much more likely to treat you well. Um, and so I think with suffering, we can kind of do that and just see it as like, okay, I'm in the universe and I suffer and that's really kind of annoying. But ultimately, this is kind of like this benevolent force which is kind of tough love helping me. And it doesn't, it's got no grudge against me. The universe isn't against me. Um, things don't happen to me. They definitely don't happen against me. They happen for me. They're helping me learn. It's in my interests. Um, and so, and not just in terms of temporary information of like what emotion, I, what reaction I need to have to something because of the emotion I'm feeling right now, but kind of deeper things like I'm just unhappy. What's going on? And you can dig deep and find those deep messages of where you were out of alignment five years ago when you made a choice or when you said something. Um, and so when we can incorporate that with the more basic understanding that like there is this path out of suffering, I think we can start to simultaneously pursue the direct path of um, going with the flow with life um, while controlling life to the extent that we can. Um, and how do we control it? What's the aim? Well, whatever makes you happy, have fun. It's your game. It's your life. It's your private universe. So long as you're not um, stepping on others' toes, you know, you're, you're not preventing others from playing their own game, you know. Um, so if you're not hurting others, if you're respecting their sphere of influence and freedom, and there'll be some blurry overlap between your spheres, that's fine. You just try to navigate that, you know, as 
calmly and wisely as you can, but um, with give and take and negotiation. But basically, that'll be a minority of the time. So you live your life, do what you want, whatever makes you happy, pursue your, you know, create your own story, um, you know, um, be yourself. Everyone else is taken, as Oscar Wilde said. Um, and if you really want to play the best game of all, do that and have fun in your own way through time, but understand that each, the real game is one moment at a time, um, just being in the moment and appreciating whatever you're doing, um, that that's more important than the game of the temporal game of through time, whatever you're doing is the eternal game, the eternal, the eternal now, the perpetual present, just being here. And a large part of that game kind of level one is transcending suffering. And so you're pursuing your game, you're playing your game, you're living your life, um, finding your own joy and meaning in whatever way you can while allowing others to do the, their own um, version of the same thing. But each moment you're focused more on the, the present moment than on time. And um, you think about the future when you need to, the past when you need to, but in general you're biased towards the present. You focus more on the now. Um, and this improves your life over time anyway. Um, that your future is determined by the quality of your present. Um, each future comes from the present. Um, you're sowing the seeds of that now. And um, level one of this game is you're, you're here and you're trying to learn from suffering um, how to transcend it. It's teaching you. It's like a little Riddler, you know, a little Sphinx. And, but it's benevolent and it messes us up. But... And we might, you know, like a, a friend who always is always always has our back, but sometimes annoys us and says things or does things, which, or maybe like a parent almost, you know, who does things that we don't like, but they're actually in our interest. It's for our own good, and they really know that, and they really have our back, and it's annoying and stuff. But then, when once we cool off, we're like, actually, no, I see, yeah, they're 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 right, and they're just trying to help me, you know, um, and so we we learn to transcend suffering both by the simultaneous two roots of the now and in general in time. So that right now, just go with the flow of life, control what you can control, surrender to what you can't, but also these more general things of self-improvement and um, aligning ourselves with virtue and balance and harmony. So, okay, I'm a human being. I like doing that. Do I do it too much? Do I do it too little? Hmm. And, uh, you know, all the breadcrumb trails leading from the, the train wrecks we've created through our bad karma and our mistakes and, you know, taking care of that, which is really fun, actually, you know, um, improving your own, improving yourself and your world um, and others' worlds, you know, um, through doing that. And once we're doing that in our own lives, we're trying to enjoy ourselves as much as we can, grounding ourselves into the now, and we're improving ourselves, becoming more aligned with life um, and learning from our suffering um, and respecting suffering as not like we're against life and life's against me, but it's like, no, no, all the suffering is a beautiful part of the play um, of opposites. And it's that tension, which makes life very beautiful. Um, uh, it's the tension of a string, not too loose, not too strong. It's not too easy, not too stressful that it plays the music. Um, tune well, the sitar string and all that. Um, then once we're doing that in our own lives, um, it's inevitably going to start to create a collective mirroring 
um, and resonance of the same thing. And I think that's how we kind of get um, the planet in general out of suffering. It won't be like some sent some you know bureaucrat with a monopoly guy suit um, in some office somewhere make, signing a piece of paper and then it fixes things or someone really comes up with a very clever plan and then it starts to fix things. I don't think that's how it's going to go. I think it's decentralized, like everything in nature, decentralized um, feedback loops of experience gained from the environment. Um, and that's what suffering is here to do. It's giving us that. It's the mechanism by which we get feedback from the environment about how we can be better. Um, and so we do this in our own lives and then that becomes, it resonates and our family go, oh, wow, you're looking really good. Interesting. Maybe I want to do the same. Or maybe some of them resist it and they resent it. They don't like it. You think you're better than us? But then you deal with that. That's a challenge. It helps you grow. It helps them grow. They might not want to, but they might have to eventually admit that they're full of nonsense, you know, or you might have to end the relationship. And again, that's all food for thought and we all learn. Um, but you just keep wisely pursuing your self-improvement and alignment with harmony and happiness. Um, learning from suffering, like al the alchemist, you know, alchemy, turning, transforming suffering into consciousness. Um, and the lead into gold, you know, um, and overall, you know, the, once uh, more and more individuals are doing this, more and more families start doing this. And then that's like, you know, kind of exponential, you know, it's not like two plus two is four. Uh, that's a bad example. Actually. Um, it'd be, uh, you know, it's not, um, three plus three is six. It's three times three is nine. You know, it's like exponential. Um, or 10 plus 10 is 20. It's no 10 times 10 is a hundred. So I think when you're in groups and you're doing that, it's, it seems like, I don't know, I would imagine maybe that's just speculative that that would accelerate, you know? Um, but nonetheless we do that. And then, you know, you have communities doing this countries. Um, I think that that seems like that's the way we improve the world Inner peace to bring out a peace, you know, which isn't the point of this podcast. It's just like, um, the point is, uh, to make bizarre analogies, um, and play the song at the beginning about watermelon. Um, but, uh, as a useful, uh, side note, we are talking about, uh, suffering and why it's here, how to transcend it, how it helps us. And I think when we keep all of that in mind, we can have a much healthier relationship with, um, the things we don't like. And when we start to like what we don't like, um, then we get to a very special place. Uh, you know, when it's um, instead of having what you want, want what you have, similar idea. Um, and uh, I think this is the final thing I'll leave you with, which is, is it Eckhart Tolle? I'm not sure. Someone, some sort of, you know, wise fellow or fellowess. Uh, in something like this, in the love of suffering, all thought of suffering ceases. Mm. Very good. So, hope this has been useful. If you're in a dark place, perhaps make light of the darkness, poke some fun at those shadows, and um, uh, yeah, I think try to appreciate, you know, that we all experience that more often than we pretend to others. Like, I still have, you know, 
bouts of like um, much shorter and less deep than I used to, but where I'll kind of get lost from my wisdom or whatever. Um, and it can be very terrifying, but um, that everyone goes through this to some extent or other. And it's all kind of relative. People who are suffering all the time, real intense day could just seem normal to you. But then, you know, that could, you could be suffering just as much as someone who's had a very easy life and then has a kind of little bit of a messy day. Um, and so it's not a competition and we're all just trying to be a little bit better than yesterday. Um, but that we can all kind of hopefully, um, feel a bit more power and encouragement to move forward with this by moving into the, the present with it, by being aware that we're all, um, on this journey and, um, that the journey is on our side and um, the path wants to be walked upon. So um, yeah, enjoy. All right. See ya.